What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today with me is Aaron Quinn, who is a coach and a firefighter out in Oakland, California. This podcast is sponsored by Addex Clubs, addexclubs.com, Addex Mason Clubs, adjustable maces made right here in the USA, and also sponsored by bulksupplements.com. You could go to bulksupplements.com and use the discount code SteelMazeFireman and get 10% off. Aaron, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. It's early over there. How are you? Doing great. Happy to be here. Good, man. What time do you usually wake up? Uh, Depends. Sometimes between 5.30 and 6. Okay. Yeah, I'm about the same. Is that, yeah. is that a, a coach thing or a fireman thing? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I think, uh, probably, probably a combination of both, but I've been waking up early to work out my entire life since I was 14. So it's kind of at this point, this is kind of what I do. Yeah. Did you, um, so you were working out young, but were you also eyeballing becoming a first responder of some sort, becoming a fireman? Was that always in your wheelhouse too? Of course. My dad was a firefighter here in Oakland as well. So I grew up, I grew up as a firefighter's kid. Um, is always back in my mind that I wanted to do, of course. Yeah. So you pretty much had that in your mind. You knew how to do it. You know how to go about doing it. You knew what the lifestyle was like. Um, was your father, now he was a fireman. Was he also a, a fitness guy such as yourself, like really into working out and stuff? Uh, I wouldn't say super fitness guy. He was, but he was into running. That was his thing. Okay. And, uh, he, he ran marathons and loved to run. I wouldn't say he was like super into it, but yeah, he was definitely back then at, at, at his age, he was, uh, he was definitely on the workout end of the spectrum. Yeah. And it was more old school back then, I think too. So he would have been considered a little bit rogue, not, not mainstream typical fireman. Right. Right. You know, he was definitely a little more rogue. Uh, you know, he, he, he was kind of the, of the, um, rebel running age, the distance runners, you know, kind of that, that air of runners who, who looked, looked different, who, who are kind of hippies, had long hair. Um, that was kind of his air of, of fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's pretty yeah. funny. And, and, um, he, he got into running prior to becoming a fireman or was it okay. So it's sort of just like you. So you just, you yeah. kind of like everything that he was doing kind of just peeled off and landed on you and, you adopted sort of his yeah. mentality and everything toward, toward yeah. the whole thing. So now, I mean, firefighting and fitness, they go hand in hand. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Yeah. Do you absolutely. see, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I say absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I came across you um, on Instagram and your, your live, serve, thrive. I like that. That's like your motto. That's your mantra. Um, you know, you, uh, you, you have also a website, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, and it's live, serve, live, serve, thrive. Thrive .com. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So people could go check you out there. Absolutely. And, uh, what do you like to do as far as fitness and what's the deal with, uh, training firemen? Yeah. So first part of the question is fitness. Um, my main fitness is jujitsu and yoga, probably, uh, coupled with the Wim Hof method. That's probably the, my, my, my three main things I do most often. Uh, when I'm not doing jiu-jitsu, uh, I love kettlebells, Indian clubs. I love the steel mace. 
a lot of body weight uh, stuff. I still lift uh, like do you think the traditional lifts, dead squats, cleans uh, on a weekly basis. I would say my training would look closest to a CrossFit style, but much, much lighter and much longer duration um, exercise. If I was going to kind of try to quickly encapsulate what that looks like to people, um, I think that's, that's probably what I would, what I would say. Um, as far as coaching goes, I started coaching the recruit firefighters in 2007. And at this point I've trained over 300, about 400 members in our department, wow. more than half our department. Yeah. And so over the years, what I've done is I've kind of coupled together what I've experienced in my fitness world and what I've learned and read and what I see works on the fire ground. And I built what a pretty unique uh, fitness program that I trained their new firefighters in. It has everything from, from like philosophy uh, to breathing techniques, to stretching and yoga, to like old school, just straight up grind out PT sessions uh, with lots of yelling and, and everything in between those, those two worlds. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag. It's, you're not, you're not being specific to one thing. You're more of a generalist, which is much better because uh, that's what sort of a athletic event being a fireman. And um, you have to be, you have to be strong, but you have to be mobile. You have to have good cardiovascular. You don't, you want to have muscle, but maybe you don't want to have it packed on like a bodybuilder. You want to still have some lightness and some quickness. So it's a mixed bag of everything. It is. And what, as, um, as far as the steel mace is concerned, where do you find its value in training firefighters? Oh, I mean, it's huge value. I think off the top of my head, uh, momentum and circular motions. You see a lot of circular motions in the fire service and not, they're not trained too often. Right. Uh, most of the training nowadays, uh, and most of it's because of CrossFit, uh, is basically north-south, up and down and not a lot of east-west or, or torsional type of strength. And the steel maze brings a lot of that in. Uh, momentum shifts is big, you know, as, as weight swings back and forth or around in a circle or stopping or swinging again. Those are all things we see in, in the real world and then also in the fire ground. The grip strength is huge, uh, very undertrained. And that's, not, again, another thing that steel maze brings in. Those are probably the big three things that I'd see that are probably the biggest benefit to firefighters when it comes to sw- swinging a steel maze. Yeah, that's what I noticed myself. And the grip strength is a huge thing because, I mean, just um, handling everything with big, bulky, heavy gloves all the time, um, that that limits how you could grip something. And sometimes um, if it's a victim or a downed firefighter or um, even like a, a two-and-a-half-inch hose line or something like that, your grip starts to go, where are you going from there? You got nothing exactly. left. You literally have nothing. It doesn't matter how much your deadlift is. Your grip yeah. just failed on you. Yeah, that's, you know, one of the things when I train the recruits, I, I always make them, when we do deadlifts, no mixed grip, you know, because it doesn't right. matter. You got to train the grip strength. Um, grip strength, the most things is funny. It doesn't have to be something crazy like a down firefighter. It can be just, you know, stripping a roof, chopping with an ax. You know, after about an hour and a half, you're, <laughs> you don't have that conditioning in the, in the grip. You know, you just got to be gone. Um, so grip strength is, is, is fundamental. Yeah, definitely. You take your gloves off at the end of like opening up a roof and they're giant pink (laughs) blown up like mitts. Like what is wrong with my hands? Yeah, definitely. 
So now, as far as yoga is concerned, um, that's something that is not really I do frequently. I do take yoga classes, and I find them very challenging, but um, it's not the same kind of challenges like doing like a CrossFit workout where you're just sweating your ass off and breathing hard, and that's what I like about it. Can you kind of expand on what it is that you like about yoga and how you see it applying to uh, fire service? Yeah. So I think one of the key ways is um, on a superficial level is just mobility and stretching. And, and that's a huge piece on a deeper level. When you're, when you're in those poses, the poses are somewhat uncomfortable and we have to learn how to focus our breath and how to stay calm and stay present in that moment. And I think that's a piece is missing a lot of training programs for, for tactical athletes, especially tactical firefighters being calm with our breathing and anchoring our breath. Uh, that's, that's what, as a fundamental piece that we don't train too often. When you look at the CrossFit world, the CrossFit world for the most part is goes hard and as fast as you can. And that training actually is not the best for tactical athletes, especially with, with when we're on air, um, when we go as hard and as fast as we can, our decision-making gets more poor, our air consumption goes up, um, which is a problem for firefighters. Whereas, taking time to move methodically to be very careful and very um, precise with your movements to be able to sit in a, in a, in a posture for quite some time um, to let the mind wander or do whatever it does when you're not trying to drown out the mind with, with trying to kill yourself. These are all things that we can find when we're actually in a fire stretching hose, working with it on, on air. These are all skill sets that we need that actually I think produce a better tactical athlete, especially when it comes to firefighting. Wow. Those are such good points. I mean, I, I'm glad you said all that. It was even stuff that I didn't even really consider. I, I was just thinking about a time we were sitting on a hose line. At, uh, I, you know, I was um, surrounded drowned fire, you know, the, the house just took off, but we're sitting on this hose line and my legs, I was, I was, uh, you know, squatting down. My legs were bothering me and, you know, I mean, you just get so uncomfortable so quickly and it could be for hours and hours and hours. So if there's any little thing that you could learn in your, your physical practice to help you alleviate some of that, that, that goes a long way. I mean, that's the difference between having a, a horrible shift and a not so bad shift. Exactly. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so the, between the yoga the strength training, learning steel mace. I mean, how do you teach it to people? Or rather, let me back this up. Um, if somebody's going to consider training, right, and yoga is new to them, steel mace is new to them, even deadlifting is something that they're not sure about. Maybe, you know, they did it once when they were younger. What do you say to this person? Because the first thing I would think is, well, I'm, I'm like – 30, I'm like 40, I'm 50 years old. I don't have time to learn how to do yoga. I don't have time to learn how to do all this different training. It's never going to work for me. You know, right away, people kind of get to that defeatist mindset um, because people think that they have to put all this hard work and practice into one little thing. Is it, is it like that? Or can you, can you explain it in a way where it doesn't take obviously not instant, but it doesn't take forever for you to actually start getting some results. 
Did I make sense with your yeah, question? It's no, a great question. Uh, I, how to answer this? Um, for the new person starting, I think you know, just starting. Don't don't overthink it. Don't don't think like, oh, I got to get to some place, and like when I get that place, I'm going to be done. Because I have news for you, I've been doing this for quite some time, and I still feel like I'm struggling to uh, perfect the deadlift uh, or the clean or a simple still may swing, you know, simple with the air quotes. Um, cause it's, the, cause it's not that way. You're always going to try to perfect the movement and you're always going to try to find the movement within the movement, uh, the small micro movements, the small shifts, and you're always going to be refining. So it's, there's never an end point end goal. And, uh, I don't say that to discourage people. I say that to kind of encourage people because wherever you're at is where you're at. And that's where you start from. And you just got to get up and you just got to go. Um, you can, totally pick up the deadlift and you know today's deadlift day great i'm gonna focus on an, i'm gonna focus on this one key spot of my movement pattern and focus on that one key spot of the movement pattern and then the next day might be the still may stay i'm gonna focus on this one key movement pattern if you focus on one or two key movement patterns each training session and stay focused on those until you feel those are moving pretty well and then pick a new one it's just like you know it's the old question it's the old adage of how do you eat a whale one bite at a time um, people need to jump in. Oftentimes I see coaches on the other end of this, they overcoach, they give people too many pointers <clears throat> and it's like paralysis by over analysis. Right. One of my best coaches used to always say, do a thousand and then come ask me, uh, then ask a question, basically just do a thousand reps, ask, then ask a question. Uh, and I think that's, that's kind of just pick up the bar and start moving the bar, keep it light, keep it light, move right. And, um, do a thousand and then add some weight. And then reevaluate. I like that because uh, when the person comes and asks the question, they tend to have a better question to ask because they already have something, uh, some experience from it. And then they have a context point. So when you give them the answer, they understand what you're talking about. So I like that. That's, that's a really good idea. And it, it, it's, that's with everything in life. It's even with firefighting. I mean, um, stretch a hose a hundred times, you think, oh, that's it. I'm done. I don't need to stretch hose anymore. But you do, right? Absolutely. You get, you get rusty. And, and every hose stretch is different and everything will be slightly, slightly a slight variation of the last one. Yeah. And we're getting older all the time. So that, that tends to make a difference, right? I mean, as, as we age, we, we, we tend to start moving differently. We might have little issues a little tweak here or there we don't even realize your deadlift starts to change a little bit or our golf swing starts to change a little bit whatever it is that we're doing yeah i think the biggest thing as i've aged is when you're younger there's no fear in any movement you're just like woo, uh, like everything's great i'm never gonna get hurt and then uh, over the years of getting injuries and whatever um you can still move pretty well but sometimes there's that slight background voice like hey you better be careful you might get hurt yeah, I, I, I was doing a deadlift challenge. Now, I'm I'm 48. Now, I was doing a deadlift challenge, uh, it was like two years ago, and it had been a while since I went heavy, and I was, I was nervous. I was like, and I even said, why am I doing this? There's like eight people here. It's not like, <laughs> there's not like I'm going to get a million dollars. I'm like, w w for what? But then I realized it's, I'm in the moment. Let me enjoy this, but let me be nervous too, because that's my body saying something. Exactly. Yeah. And that made me focus even more. And I think my form couldn't have been any better because I was so nervous. And then I, 
I did it. I pulled it off and put it down. I said, yeah, that's <laughs> good for there. That's it. I'm, I'm going to be happy with this for now. And I enjoyed Dying the moment. Bullet. Yeah, I think I, exactly. <laughs> so now as a um, fire department, you're, you're, you're like an actual trainer for the fire department, for your fire department, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you, um, did they have to like implement a program like, did they have one already? Did you bring one in? How did it, how did, how did this happen? Because the reason why I ask is um, a lot of fire departments, some are advanced, some are still very far behind, right? And the departments that are behind, they're still doing the old traditional, like, all right, get the new guys in, put their gear on, have them climb some steps, drag some hose lines, you know, smack a sledgehammer on a tire. Uh, and that's about it. You know, throw some ladders. It's like very practical and everything. Um, I think the advanced uh, fire departments are doing what you're doing. They're actually learning lifting techniques. They're learning how to hinge properly, right? They're learning how to use their bodies wisely and soundly so they don't damage themselves. Where did you, how did you come into your fire department? Did, was there already an advanced program or did you actually introduce that? Yeah, so uh, my, my contact is pretty much only with the new recruits. Um, so that's uh, that's... To, to clarify that uh, there wasn't much put into place uh, when I got hired in 2002, it was just kind of like old school calisthenics. Like we'll right. just do push-ups until you guys can do push-ups anymore. Then we'll run until you guys can't run anymore. Then we'll do sit-ups. So you can't do sit-ups anymore. And that's kind of just how it was. There was no thought process and no like from day to day. Okay. We're going to build on this, build on that. It was just like, okay, well, he, well, this person's off duty today. We'll have him come by and just run him to death. And so there wasn't really any system. 2007, when I took it over, there wasn't really any system in place. And it's just slowly over the years, I've built it over what I've learned and what I see as effective. Um, and as it takes time and there isn't really a, there, there, there's support, but there's also not support. Our departments, like most departments, people think, oh, a big city department, that you have all this money and funding. Uh, not, not the case, you know, we're, we're strapped for cash. Like anybody else, we, 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 I just got four rowers after, after what, 14 years. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it takes time to build, build stuff up and, and you have to be creative and you get a, you get a lot of support from the rank and file, but not always all, not always support from the administration and you just be patient and build what you know and work with what you got. It makes you be creative and just build it up from the ground up. And did you, um, you wanted to do it, right? Like mm-hmm. this was something that you, did you kind of stick your toe in the door to get in there or were you sort of invited in? A little bit of both. Um, I've been coaching since I was 14. <clears throat> so it's not, it's not anything, well, at that point it wasn't anything new to me. Everyone there knew that I coached and I was still coaching uh, at that time. So when there was an opening and they, needed someone to fill the void people knew that i was excited about coaching i've been doing it so they asked me if i was interested i said yeah i'd love to and jump right in that's really cool i think the you know you mentioned like the old school calisthenics program i think that's what i was alluding to as well um my, my department in the same uh, mode if you will um and i think that one of the things that occurs is the recruits come in and they're expected to be in shape and we're going to get you in better shape. But 
I almost feel like there's this nod and a wink, a little secret nod and a wink where it's like, just get through this. Just get through this. Just do what you got to do right now. They're not taking the time to take these young people who are, you know, they could be developed and say, hey, look, this is the rest of your life. This is your opportunity to, if you weren't doing health and fitness before this, this is where you start. Make this your lifestyle for the rest of your career. And I feel like that they don't spend the time doing that. So when the guys get out of training, they get on the line, they go, eh, I'm here. I got, I did what I was supposed to do. Give me the, give me the pizza, you know, give me the pizza and let me hang out. Um, do you, do you kind of get the same impression? Are you, are you kind of feeling what I'm feeling there? Yeah, I, I, I think it's twofold. I think it takes the department in to keep it up. And that takes, of course, money and funding and, and desire for the department to keep that up in the administrative level. Um, I think people do, depending on how they come in and how you, and how you teach or quote unquote sell the fitness program, people will incorporate some of it. But at the end of the day, if you come in and you're not really a fitness person, you're generally going to fall back onto what, what you've done your whole life. Uh, even if you're young in your twenties, four or five months against, against 20 years of, of whatever you've been doing, it's a very small drop in the bucket. And, and really, I think sometimes the younger guys even fall more victim to it because, you know, you're in your twenties, you can, you can gut through most stuff you have to do on the fire ground uh, for a number of years, you know, for the most part, you know, you might get a little winded, might get a little tired. You might not be quite as strong, but for the most part, you can make it through because you're young and you're 20 and you're a decent sized guy. It's not an issue. Uh, but as you get into your late thirties and forties and your body starts to break, then all of a sudden, Oh fuck, now where I'm at, or, Oh, I'm, I'm 30 pounds overweight shit. And then a certain, then it gets to be too much and you they just don't do anything. Uh, it's a real challenge. I don't, I don't have a great answer for it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry for the quick interruption here, but I just wanted to remind you that if you have not done so yet and you're enjoying this podcast, please click subscribe, like, share it. And also, don't forget, we have a great sponsor named BulkSupplements.com. BulkSupplements.com, if you go and you place an order, make sure you use the discount code STEELMACEFIREMAN. You're going to get 10% off. The prices are already cheap, and then you're going to get a little bit of a discount on top of that. These are no-frills supplements. I use them all the time. I use their fish oil. I use their turmeric. I use their uh, green matcha tea, um, vitamin D, vitamin C. I, I use a lot of different vitamins and supplements, and uh, they provide it all for me, and I recommend them highly. Also, make sure to check out addxclub.com. Addx clubs and maces made right here in the United States. These are the best clubs and maces money can buy. High quality, state-of-the-art technology. Some of the best stuff that's out there. Go check them out and try something. Grab a mace. Grab a, grab a club. And, um, you know, you're going to enjoy it. All right, guys. Let's get back to the podcast other than I think that there needs to be who you hire is important. And then the department itself needs to 
incentivize uh, people to stay in shape and really and re and really and really bring in a whole program to influence that. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware of like departments like Boston, right? Where mm -hmm. they brought in uh, O2X, mm -hmm. which ain't cheap. But um, O2X comes in and pretty much, I mean, they're smart how they do everything. I mean, everything is incentivized. It incentivizes the firemen, but it also incentivizes the, the city because the city finds out that they can actually save money. Yeah, they're spending maybe a million bucks or whatever. I don't know what they're spending to get this program in place. But I believe uh, they cut their health care costs by $6 million by putting in a fitness program. And that's, that's, that's real money that the, the department could use. And the best part is the firefighters are now working out. That's the most important thing. They're, they're uh, feeling better. They're moving better. You've got a better department now just because of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Now, I, watching you on your Instagram, you do some pretty cool, fun stuff. I watch – I like your whiteboard uh, <laughs> tutorial sessions that you do. Yeah. So I'm picturing – all right, I'm, I'm, I'm a recruit. Okay. I'm, I'm joining Oakland Fire Department. Okay. You're, you're my guy. You're, you're the guy that's training me. Okay. Right off the bat, it's like – Oh, he's got an Instagram, Live, Serve, Thrive. Oh, he's doing this. I, I, I just get the picture through the four or five months that you're training these guys. They're getting good mental attitude type um, coaching. Absolutely. I, I can't help but think that your numbers, the guys that are coming through your system, your numbers are going to be higher of – people staying with fitness after they get out i think so yeah because you know i i think it's again it's, it's, how, it's how you talk to them about it you know it, it's it, it's you don't have to work out this hard but you need to stay moving um you know you need to do something uh how is you you know you invest in yourself you know the it's it, it's about what happens up here in your head and, in, and inside your heart and inside your body and they all work together and you need to be moving and and making those adjustments. Um, you know, there's a fitness program for every single person. It doesn't really matter what you do as long as you do something. Um, yeah. You know, when we went through this last, you know, four months, this was a crucible, but it didn't have to be a crucible. You just got to wake up and do, and, 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 and get your body moving. And so you, 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 you explain to them, you break down the science behind it. You break down the, the emotional mental barriers that people have and why it's important, especially the important, you know, for our job and, and how that faces them. You talk about how it can make you a better person. Uh, I, you know, I, I thought all the time that the, the gym is the grinding stone to make you a better person. If, you know, if you're walking into the gym and, and you're angry all the time, I mean, it works, it works. You can for lose some weight bit. when you're angry. I mean, it, that shit works, but it's expensive fuel. Yeah. And then if you, you know, if you're, if you're, if, like I said, if you're angry all the time and, and then you're gonna be angry in your life, but if you go into the gym and you go into the gym with the, with, with the mind frame of, I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to find something inside me. That's, that, that, that's truer, or I'm going to get rid of this thing that I'm not proud of. And, and you grind that grindstone, you, you come out as a better person on the other end. And with, with that lens talking to people, it's not just about looking good or moving well. It's about so much more. They see, they see the bigger picture. Uh, I think those are things that, that in a lot of fitness programs, 
you know, for most people, especially in the fire service, is just about punishing their recruits. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it feels sometimes. I mean, um, which is fun, but it, it has to have a purpose. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it, you do need to be punished in that yeah. way. It's a fun punishment. It's not meant to be yeah. evil in any way, shape or form. It's just like, Hey, it's like a slap in the face. Like, wake up, man. You're, you're in the shit yeah. now. You're in a real deal. You got to be like, this is the way it is yeah. on the job, man. You're going to be, you're going to be like passed out on the couch at three o'clock in the morning. Next thing you know, you're going to be standing in front of a burning building. So yeah, exactly. Guess what? Do another 20 push-ups and yeah. And smile while you're doing it. Yeah. Now going back to the calisthenics, the old school and what you bring to the table, do you see a big difference in um, the, the level like between the two like so if um you're comparing old school fire training you know uh, calisthenics push-ups running compared to what you're doing where you got you got guys using kettlebells and things like that do you see better performance do you see better health better mus musculature yeah i th i think calisthenics are huge they have their their place but if you're not lifting you're not swinging uh, you're missing out a huge part of athletic development. Uh, I don't have a better way of saying it than that. There's there's so much that we do in our job in the real world where we have to move against odd shapes and momentum shifts and balancing and all those things are great with kettlebells and Olympic lifts and deadlifts and. But on top of that, we need to have muscular endurance and calisthenics is some great ways to build muscular endurance too. Uh, as well as swing kettlebell. So yeah, I think it's, it produces a much more well-rounded firefighter when you bring in these other, these other instruments. Yeah. And do you challenge your recruits with some of these, like, like you mentioned Olympic lifts and those could be challenging even just with a bar. I mean, it's, it's all about your form and, and, you know, the repetition of movement. Um, <clears throat> do you like to, deliver some pretty challenging stuff or do you try to keep it a little bit more subdued because you're you're just trying to get these guys through a physical fitness program and keep them healthy uh some of it depends on the level of the overall class sometimes we'll break it into groups it's like if you have people who have experience with with those old lifting or some of those complex movements um some of it depends a little bit on how much time we have we do shorter academies for laterals and longer academies for new hires and so all that kind of plays into it. But with that being said, overall, we usually start very early on with greasing the greasing the groove for the for the lifts. And no, I get after them. I mean, you may only be doing the bar, but you might have to do uh, you know, 100, 200 clean jerks. Wow. In a workout. But yeah. it might just be the bar. Right. And if and if you can't do the bar, then we'll get some sandbags or something else that's lighter. Um, because again, it's not so much the, the load that's important, it's the movement pattern that's important. Right. And it's the ability to do the movement pattern, like I said, do it a thousand times and 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 talk to me because you, your movement pattern is going to degrade as you get tired. And so learning how to stay present with your movement, which is a thing from yoga, and to stay present with the form and to say, you know what, it's the most important thing is not how fast I do this, but I do this, you know, with, with solid form so I don't get injured. Um, that plays out in the fire ground as well. You, you, mistakes are mistakes and sometimes going too fast can be a mistake um not always you know you have to balance those two worlds but i think there's a huge i think people get scared of 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 pushing recruits with complex movements but our bodies know the movements 
And one thing I found that sometimes when someone's tired and depleted and feeling exhausted, because these are innate movements, you know, these are, these are movements that are built into our DNA, the clean, right. the, the swing, the, 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 the mace study. These are, these are movements that are built in DNA. Sometimes people Primal. are tired. Yeah. And that's what I call them. Primal, primal movement patterns. When people are tired, depleted, sometimes, and what I find, find is that that thought process breaks down enough that their body just melts into the movement. And all of a sudden their movement pattern gets better um, because, because they're not overthinking it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Just letting their, they're just letting their body go. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And, and now that's, you just mentioned uh, just about two minutes ago about discussing ways to remove mental barriers. So it, these mental barriers can come up against us at any time in our lives over anything, right. but it tends to be where the, the greatest place where we could, uh, where we could challenge our mental barriers, where we could work with them safely and everything is on you know working out with weights and and breaking down our bodies and getting tired right absolutely so how do you coach a recruit who's you know starting to show fatigue starting to their form is starting to break down you don't want them to overthink it too much you know you've seen them do this stuff before like what's the mental barriers that that they're usually getting at that moment is it they're just starting to feel sorry for themselves because they're so tired or they're they're maybe feeling like they're failures or something because they expected to have more energy depends on the crew if you're on the bubble as we speak and 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 you might get let go you're probably freaking out about being let go um you know if you're having an injury you might be worried about your injury so some of it comes into knowing the recruit and, and knowing what they're going through so you have to get a pretty intimate relationship with with each, each individual recruit um you know, we had a guy in last Academy who was a CrossFit superstar, top 500 in the country, um, just an animal. And we were doing a workout where it was um, kettlebell swings, deadlifts, and burpees. 10, 10 the first round, then 20, then 30, then 40, then 50, with a run in between. A very, very long workout, very heavy deadlifts. And his back, his lower back just gave out on him. And he, he was in a mentally in a very hard space because here he is, you know, this, this top 500 CrossFit athlete. And, right. and now my lower back is shot and scared and, and, you know, needing in that case needed to stop, you know, and it was, and it was me as a coach saying, Hey, it's time for you to stop. You don't need to finish this workout. Um, this is what we're going to do to rehab it. And this is part of your process of growth. You know, now, you know, you're not superhuman and, and the mental challenge for you, is to be able to hold back and to be able to let your body heal. And this is a lifelong lesson for you. And if you, and if you, if you get depressed and you, and you kind of dig yourself in this hole, you're not going to learn a lesson. But if you stop and you, and, you, and you take a step back and say, you know what, this is what I'm learning right now, you'll learn a lesson and you come back stronger. And, and other times in that exact same workout, there are guys who are out of shape and needed to know that they could do 50 deadlifts in a row. So I'm on them, hey, you can do this. Don't give yeah. up on yourself. Pause, take a minute. You're worth more than this. You know, invest, invest in who you are. This, this is what I'm talking about. This is what Oakland's about. Pick that fucking bar up now. Get it moving. You can do this one at a time. Don't fucking give up on yourself. Show me who you are. Show me who Oakland is. Earn this shit. Bleed this shit. You know, so, so the, the talk is in their face, but it's, a, but it's a positive talk. Yeah. You know, 
What's that negative voice telling you? Tell, tell, tell me that negative voice telling you right now. What is telling you? It's telling you to stop. Fuck that shit. Pick it up. You can do this, right? So you're 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 intense, but the intensity is about training them to to believe in themselves, invest in themselves. Um, so those are two examples of the same workout where I was two different people uh, balancing two different worlds. Yeah, that's amazing because you know there's the recruit who has all this negative self doubt going on in their head. Like you said, they, they could be on the verge of being let go. What kind of pressure situation is that? So in their skull is this loud, negative voice. And then here you come, loud, but positive, overriding that negative voice. It, it takes a team. You know, this is the team approach. This is everything. And, and I, I love it. This is what it's all about. And this is why it doesn't matter if you're in a fire department or you have a desk job or something, you know, you find a, a, a good gym or maybe you want to do jujitsu. Again, there's another sport where it's, a, it's really, yeah, it's individual, but it's a team sport. You learn from each other and you help each other succeed because everybody at any given point has that negative voice in their head. You have it, right? A hundred percent. I try to, I try to find it at least a couple times a week. <laughs> and know? kick its ass, right? Or it kicks my ass, either one or the other. I'm not sure, but 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 I think finding it uh, is important because you know you you will find it if, if if you push hard enough that that voice comes up in your head and it's like, come on, man, let's just, let's just, you know let it go, man. It's no big deal, <laughs> right? You know why are we doing this? You know you can't you you can't possibly finish this, and then, right? And then just yeah, yeah. It's it it's never ending. You know, it doesn't matter how far, oh, I've been working out for 35 years. I've done this. I've done that. Well, you're still always learning. You're still always pushing the envelope. So you're always having to contend with the negative voice in your head. And absolutely, that's why if we all just realize that about ourselves and, you know, we realize that about, hey, that guy could be in a bad place right now. I might be in a better place. Let me go over there. Let me go talk to them, you know, help each other up. The rising tide, we all rise together. Absolutely. Right. It's fantastic. Absolutely. So now do you only, uh, do you train um, just the recruits or do uh, firefighters come back to you and say, Hey, I had a good time training with you, Aaron. I want to keep doing that shit. And they, and they hook up with you for some one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So they, there, there is some of that. There's a few guys who hook up with me one on one. Uh, mostly, is it's if you hook up, it's going to be jujitsu uh, on okay. off days. Um, I do a little bit of coaching there when my coach is gone, fill in for him when he's down in Brazil. Um, people call me a lot. People call, uh, hey, you know, they call me at the firehouse. Hey, Quinn, you know, give me a workout, or hey, I got this going on. This, this bothers me. This hurts me. You know, what are some pointers to do? So I get a lot of those phone calls. That's kind of how Live Surf Thrive, the Instagram and the website started. Uh, was just my wife's like, look, man, you're answering all these questions. Why don't you try to put some of this stuff online for people because they're asking you anyway. So that was some of that, uh, how, how that started was just because I was getting enough phone calls. I was like, well, I might as well. It doesn't take very long to throw something up there. And um, But I don't have a gym. Um, I'm not really interested in in training outside, outside of there. Um, I think training recruits is a totally different world than training at a, at a gym. Um, I don't know if I would do there's a lot more handholding that has to happen in a gym. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a certain, there's a certain nicety about, about, um, 
training recruits. If I say, "Hey, the sky is purple," the sky's motherfucking purple, and, and, and um, so so it makes it a lot easier. I try to convince people that that they need to push past certain barriers in in gyms uh, is generally challenging. They they're like, "Well, why?" You know. So. Yeah, that is a good point. That's a good yeah. point. When you're a recruit, like you said. Uh, you, they will a recruit will run through a wall if you tell them to run through a wall. Yep. So if you tell them to, to lift up a kettlebell, they're gonna do it. If you tell them give me ten more reps, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do but it. But if you got a client who's paying you really good money and they don't want to do another rep, and you're like, come on, do another rep, <laughs> they're gonna be like, you're fired, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah, to that guy over here. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, if you're in their face, just like, you know, just I, 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 you know, eventually they're gonna be like. Bro, man, just it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of people want to be kind of like coddled a little bit. So not 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 recruits. They don't expect to be coddled. They expect to get their butts kicked. And nor should they be. Yes, they should. <laughs> so um jujitsu is yep. something that you do. And yep. how long have you been doing it? About 12 years. Really? Wow. Yeah. Do you did you move up in a belt yet? Yeah, I'm a brown. Okay, white, blue, brown? White, blue, purple, brown. Oh, okay. Wow, very good. That's pretty good for 12 years. Wow. Well, it's a little slow. Is it? Most, yeah, most people at this point probably have a black belt. But, um, you know, with the job and everything, it's challenging to train sometimes with the family. Absolutely, get, yeah. Get, in, get it in where you can. So how old were you when you started? 27, 28. All right, that's pretty young. Is Do, do you recommend individuals like – say past 40 years old getting into jujitsu yes with a with a caveat though i think you have to find the right place to train the right people to train with how do you do that uh, you just gotta you get a feel for it okay. the most dang the most dangerous uh person to train with is a white belt right. hands down safest person to train with is a black belt um you know the the white belts they don't know what they're doing with their bodies they're 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 generation of force is 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 hard to for them to calibrate it should i say yeah they're like overzealous with everything yeah and they're just not knowing like what like for example i was rolling with the white belt the other day and 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 i had this move and i saw his foot was kind of turned the wrong way and if he pivoted we started to pivot he, if i kept it he could have hurt his knee so i just let it go and and, and white belts don't have that yeah that, but you know what I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna give this to you so you don't hurt your knee. And like he doesn't even know what he doesn't even know what happened, what, what transpired. Right. Uh, I think that's um, you know it's dangerous. But with that being said, yeah, I think at any age you pick it up. There's a guy that that trained for a long time at the studio. He's picked up in his 50s. Wow. And did it all up to his 70s. Um, and you just come with the right mind frame. You come in that you're trying to learn, and uh, it's a, it's a it's a wonderful world out there and there's a lot of great crossover to firefighting and other fitness disciplines the philosophy of jiu-jitsu is is beautiful and so i think that's a place too that there's a lot of growth for people and if you are like an older person and it's your first time getting into jiu-jitsu can you approach it in a way that is sort of like um i don't want to say I don't want to say like light or half-assed, but can you can you kind of go into it at a slower roll so you so you could yeah. avoid injury? Yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna get 
injuries. And that's just, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's one of those sports where you're not going to, there's no way to do that with, with, without getting injured. Um, the injuries can be small, you can manage them, but they're They're going to be injuries. So that's just, I think something to be said, said to, you know, some sports you can get into and for the most part, not, not worry about injuries, but this is not one of them. Um, I think it's about how you go into it. You let people know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to kill myself over here. People, people feel that and see that uh, you tap early, tap often. Uh, just really try to be methodical with your movements um, don't let the ego get in the way. Yeah. So that's a, it's hard for a lot of people. It's hard. Yes. Right. And, and um, I think th those are some of the key advices I would give people. All right. So that's up to you then. It's, it always goes back to your own responsibility with everything. 100%. Like if you're going to go hit the mat and you want to make sure you don't kill yourself or something, then it's up to you to let go of your ego. You know, this, this guy is probably going to be done with me in about three seconds. I'm going to be tapping out. So just, you, you got to know yourself there and you 100%. have to be prepared. Yeah. And it's really frustrating at first because you don't have a good catalog of moves. And so you don't really know what to do. Like right. the first like six months to a year, you just really feel like I have no concept of what's going on because I, I know like three moves that I don't know very well. And I can't even get to those, you know, those positions to do those moves. So I'm just getting beat up the whole time. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, again, that's part of the process. Uh, there's a great quote from uh, this jiu-jitsu icon, Sala Rivera. And he says, jiu-jitsu is designed to make you quit oh, at every man. step. And, and, and that's, and, and I think sometimes you, you see that in our job. Our job is a job that in a lot of ways can, can destroy you because it's, there's, there's a certain element to it that just makes you feel like, what's the point, you know, <laughs> like, yes. like, am I doing any good here? Wow. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, from a mental standpoint, you know, you know that you're doing good, but you know that you're, you're not going to quit, whatever, like these things play off each other. And so I yeah. think there's, there's definitely balance there. Yeah, that is fantastic, man. What you're talking about is that little inner, again, it's the voice, but it's a little Absolutely. war. It's a war going yeah. on. And it's these two sides warring over real estate in your head. And yet, like when you're fighting a fire and you, you realize like the fire's starting to go through the roof, like how much of this house is really savable at this point? Are we really going to advance the line more? I'm almost out of air. What do we, you know, what's, what's the next move here? It's like you start having the self-doubt. Is there any point in doing this? And then, you know, you, you get out, you change your tank, you look up at the house and it's like half gone, you know, but you, you realize the people are safe. You, you, you helped, right. you helped save a lot of their valuables, right? A lot of their, their right. jewelry, whatever, um, their pictures, maybe they got a little safe somewhere with some important paperwork. So it's not all loss. It's just, it, again, it's your perspective. Exactly. And you learn that you can learn that through jujitsu and then you, it backfeeds to firefighting and firefighting, fighting back to jujitsu. hundred percent. And this is like one of the things I teach recruits with training is you have to look for the life lessons when you're in the gym, they're there. It's just the, you know, the gym is a small universe. Uh, if you're, if you're constantly with your headphones on constantly tuning out, watching TV, you, you're going to meet, you're going to miss these things. But if, yeah. but if you, but if you pay attention, you know, you can, you can learn a lot about yourself and about life um, through, through exercise, no matter what you do. That's brilliant. 
Uh, let's end it right there, Aaron. I, All right. I love it. <laughs> can't say anything better than that. I love it. That's, that's great, man. This Sounds was good. really good uh, meeting you finally, talking to you. And it was uh, great. I love. I want to have you back on again, talk more about because yeah. you know it's like you know we're firemen. We gotta talk. Let's we gotta it. talk business, right? We get. We can talk business. We can talk Wim Hof method. We can talk all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, we're gonna get you back on. We're gonna talk about breathing, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna talk about breathing. That's something that I'm tackling right now. So, um, yeah, keep your uh, keep keep checking your DMs, and I'm gonna Will be hitting do. you up, and and we'll do it again. All right, my man. Sounds good. That's awesome, man. All right, that's Aaron Quinn, everybody. Check him out over liveservethrive.com. Check him out on Instagram at liveservethrive. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you follow and share and do all that good stuff. All right, everybody, take care. Take care, Aaron. See you later.